0: timers. Who used to sing that song? You remember? Brother Lester Roloff. He sure did. And uh, Daniel did a great job on it. Daniel has become close friends with my son-in-law, Nathan Burton. Nathan is a deacon over at Truth Missionary Baptist Church in Easley. Uh, My daughter Amy and Nathan serve in that church. And uh, I appreciate Daniel's heart tonight. He's sensitive to what God's doing and able to do and my son-in-law Nathan who they become very close friends over the last uh, few months. They're both uh, builders, home builders and uh, my my son-in-law Nathan when he sings he hardly ever gets through a song. He's sitting there crying. He said the church congregation doesn't even know the words to the song because I never get all the way through it. (laughs) But uh, I appreciate Daniel's heart, a sensitive heart to the things of the Lord. All right, tonight, Luke chapter 2 in your Bible, last message of this year. And uh, it is a delight to uh, see each one of you here tonight. Folks are, as I said, many are traveling. Uh, many are sick uh, that we're praying for. And I've entitled the message, still growing at my age still growing at my age we know very little about the lord jesus from the time he was 12 years of age until he was 30 years of age in this passage in luke chapter 2 we be, we read the first part of the passage the main passage read at christmas time in luke chapter 2 usually through verse 20 but at the end of that chapter, Luke chapter 2, the end of the chapter, I wanted to begin reading in verse 40, verse 40, Luke chapter 2. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. It came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers, and when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, "Son, why hast thou thus dealt with me with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, "How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Here, how many of you have ever had the experience as parents as when in a store somewhere or somewhere you are an event, you have lost your child? Any of you? Um. We lost a grandchild um, on time, and uh, oh, we—it was up at uh, the Finger Lakes Thousand Lakes area, of New York, above Fort, Fort Drum. And we lost a grandchild, and man, we were looking everywhere. The security was looking everywhere, and finally found him. It was a great thing. I mean, they were hugged on that little boy, and uh, glad we found him. Um, I've had uh, people in our church. I had a medical doctor, uh, still practicing medicine at, in Cherraw, Dr. Steve Smith, dear friend of ours, and uh, came to our church when we were only 25 people in the church, and is still there after all these years. He came in about 1990 uh, to Cherraw to practice in medicine, and uh, he, but he. He would leave his car running when he got out of the car. You know, all kinds of just crazy stuff that went on. And one day he came to the church and uh, his wife had come early to come to choir practice. And she said, where is the baby? He said, oh, no. He had left the baby in the crib back at the house and uh, went back. Everything was fine. It all worked out good. But boy, what a reunion that was. And uh, you should have seen his wife from the choir when she saw that baby come back in that door over there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, dear, dear folks, we've, well, we've lost, some, lost some children before and helped people find children. And then we've helped find some children when they were teenagers that they didn't want to be found. And been searching for them as a pastor and with parents to do that as well. Think about this experience for uh, Mary and Joseph as they uh, couldn't find the child, thinking that he was in the, the herd of folks that were walking along. And uh, he said, I must be about my father's business. Uh, he knew. He knew that what he was come for. They didn't understand all about it. But in the last part of the chapter, we understand some things about Jesus. And as I said, from 12 to 30, a long sp- period of time, this is what we know about him. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Jesus obeyed his parents. Jesus obeyed his parents. We have these people that said they found uh, books of the Bible that have been lost. I mean, a bunch of foolishness. And uh, we have the completed canon. We have everything we need right here. There's no new books to be found, nothing to be added to or taken away from it. But they say, well, they found these uh, books of the Bible, and it says that Jesus was a brat and disobeyed and, or married uh, Mary Magdalene or something, you know, some kind of stuff that we don't have in the Bible, and it's not true at all. And uh, but I can tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says he was subject to his parents. Amen. He's subject to his parents. And it says, "But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in these four areas: wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. I appreciate in this church the emphasis on helping people at different age levels and different spiritual levels for them to grow spiritually i really appreciate that very much i appreciate all that's being done for the children's ministries here at crossroads baptist church all the teachers involved folks who work in the nursery and uh, all the children's ministries i appreciate those that are working with the teens here in our church as well that's very important that teens be taught about growing in the grace and knowledge of the lord jesus christ I appreciate those that are working with the young adults in our church, and then those that are working with the senior adults in our church. I mean, I'm in that category now, and I really appreciate that because at every age, we ought to be growing. Amen. I love going into uh, visits and houses with, as a pastor, and I get in the house. Now, that's just depends on what house you're going into. You find all kinds of things go on in visits and houses. Sometimes you knock on the door. <laughs> It's almost like ain't nobody home, they said. And uh, you knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and you hear a lot of stuff going on out in there. There's a lot of spray cans going off. They're spraying stuff out. They're kicking stuff up under the couch. Uh, they've got, they're have got kind of getting things all ready because they didn't realize that preacher was going to show up at the door. And then uh, they come in, and you heard the story about the old preacher that got in the house, and uh, he got there, and he said, Said Susie. Said, bring that book out that Mama loves so much, and uh, she went and brought the Sears and Roebuck catalog. Now, the, uh, those of us that are, oh, we remember when there was a Sears and Roebuck catalog. But she brought out the Sears and Roebuck catalog. I, we've had kids come and they, they'll say, Look, t- I'm going to show you how tall I am, preacher. And they take you into bedroom, and Daddy's been marking off every year on the top of their head on on some uh, part of the wall or the door or something about how they're growing and they want me to see that then they said okay now please quote these Bible verses for him you know uh, and the kid just as embarrassed as he could be and he's running around and he doesn't know whether he wants to do it or not and then finally they get the the kid to say a couple of verses I'm thrilled to death to hear it I'm thrilled that they're teaching them God's word because all of us I don't care what age we are we ought to be growing We ought to be growing. It's a command in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, the last verse, 2 Peter. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to be preaching this coming Sunday. I will be back at the church where I retired. They had uh, somebody in the church, or actually the lady wasn't in the church, but was kin to somebody in the church, gave a large donation to the church, the largest that's ever been given in the 40 year history of the church. And they've paved the parking lot. They've got choir, new choir chairs up there and they replaced the kitchen chairs that were up there. And uh, got choir chairs up there now. And they've made some improvements. And they said, Would you come back, preacher, and do a dedication service for, for, the, service, for the church? And so I said, I'll be glad to. And I texted Brother. Comfort, he's going to be available to preach next Sunday, and uh, Pastor Pastor Randy will preach in uh, evening. And we got what I'm telling you is that what I told Dr. Comfort was I'm not looking for just dedication services. I'd like to see dedicated lives. That's our prayer uh, that our life would be dedicated to the Lord. But we will be away, and I'll be speaking on this passage in Philippians chapter three, and I preached on it here already, but it applies to us tonight in our area of continuing to grow spiritually. Notice Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Verse 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect or mature, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which I'm apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to... Apprehended. I haven't arrived spiritually, but this one thing I do: forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm entitling the message for next Sunday. I am not parking. I'm pressing, as we dedicate a parking lot. So uh, in this Christian life, we do not park. If we park, we're backing up. All of us at every age ought to be growing. I uh, was looking at some things because we were looking at parking signs and uh, found all kinds of, I I don't care for the trivial signs that a lot of people put out there, but they're funny to laugh at. Uh, One person, one church put out a sign that said, our church is like fudge, we're very sweet, with a few nuts, and uh, uh, I, maybe our church is like fudge here too, uh, uh, very sweet and uh, with a few nuts. I thank the Lord that I meet different people who in our church, or I get to talk to them, That talking to them about how they're growing spiritually, about how some have grown more in this year than they've ever grown in their Christian life at all. And I'm praying that that's going to be true for us in this new year as well. Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. I don't like New Year's resolutions. Uh, They last about four days maybe at the most. Uh, But I like goal setting, attainable goals and goal setting. And no, I have not reached every goal I've ever set, but I have reached some and I've reached more because I've set a goal and went after something than if I hadn't did nothing at all, just sat at the house and did nothing at all. In Second Peter chapter one and verse three, the Bible tells us that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need for life and godliness. In First Peter, in First Timothy rather, chapter four, verses seven and eight. I like this in reference to the idea of growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 we read this these words but refuse profane old wives fables and exercise thyself rather to godliness. So we talk about some goals for exercising we ought to exercise ourselves to godliness. God is really more concerned that we not have a happy new year but a godly new year. And he's working in our lives as we exercise ourselves to godliness. The word exercise there is the word gymnos from which we get the word gymnasium from. It sounds like work to me. Uh, it sounds like exercise thyself rather to godliness. Notice it verse, as verse 8 of 1 Timothy chapter 4. For godly exercise profiteth little. And you say, well, if it profiteth little, let's don't even do anything about it. No, it profiteth little. It's a good thing, bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life which now is and of that which is to come. So he said we to exercise ourselves to godliness. Here I am, nearly 73 years of age, and I'd say, at my age, am I supposed to be exercising myself to godliness? Am I supposed to be still growing Absolutely, absolutely. Every one of us ought to be growing spiritually. You say, well, preacher, when we get old, do we still have to memorize? I tell you what's hurt us now is I used to be able to call off phone numbers just like this. I can't do it now. You know why? I don't know anybody's phone number. It's all on my phone under their name. I just just go under the contacts and I don't remember phone numbers at all. But we're still, we still can be memorizing you memorize, you, you know your name. He, I mean, he, we, if we gave you a name tag, you'd probably say, well, I already know my name. Well, uh, you probably memorized it and I'm cu- encouraging us to memorize God's word. Amen. That even no matter how old you are, memorize God's word. John Wooten, who was the former UCLA coach, won a lot of um, NCAA national championships. He says, it is what that you, you learn after you know it all that counts. It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. And so we say, well, I don't need that. I mean, I've been in church all these years, and I've heard the Bible, and I've read the Bible through. It's what we learn after we know it all that really counts. William Carey, the great missionary, said, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm afraid of succeeding at the things that don't matter. Giving my life for something that doesn't count I was a civil engineer, we were building I-95. Uh, some of you younger folks, didn't ever, you might not realize that there was a day there wasn't an I-95. And uh, we were building it from Santee to I-26, a 10 mile stretch. And so I was driving one day in a pickup truck, gotten there before daylight. Well, I was working as a, a, a plant engineer on a, on a soil cement mixture that we were putting down as a base before we put the 12 inches of concrete on top of it. And I was riding down over that dirt section of I-95, and the bridges were already in, and I was riding across that 10-mile section surveying where I was going to be working uh, on, on that day. And I said, the Bible says all of this is going to burn up one day. All of it's going to burn up. Am I giving myself for something that will last for eternity. Three things last forever. God, his word, and the souls of men and women, boys and girls. God, his word, and the souls of men, women, boys and girls. I could do that as a civil engineer if God called me to do it. I could still have a witness and a testimony and try to do so in the five years I was in the engineering field. We need Men of God and women of God that are serving out in the workforce of whatever place God has placed them. But we need to be giving our life for something that matters, our life for something that counts for eternity. It says in verse 52 of Luke 2 that Jesus increased. The word means to advance or cut one's way forward. So he moved forward and it mentions four areas. In verse 52, he increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man. Here he is, the unique God-man, 100% God and 100% man, and it says he increased in wisdom. He was ultimate wisdom. He's wisdom personified, the Lord Jesus himself. But we could take that and say that he, he developed mentally. He was all-knowing God, and he, yet he, uh, down here he was hungry, and he was tired, and he was thirsty, but he was 100% God. He grew in wisdom, in knowledge. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge about God that we're able to apply to everyday life situations. Wisdom is being able to take knowledge about God and apply it to everyday life situations. There are things that I've encouraged people to do. Some people didn't finish high school. Maybe they're in their 20s or 30s, they didn't finish high school. I've encouraged them to go back and take their GED and, and finish school. Or maybe, maybe we have some people here today that uh, started Bible college and they, maybe they need to go and, and finish Maybe they just need to go and start a job and finish the job. Uh, Taking classes online, if you know how to do that, uh, or books to read that we want to read. I've got a list of books this year for Christmas. One of the gifts that Linda gave me was a coffee mug that has a big stack of books on on the side of the coffee mug. And on the side of it says, yes, I really do need all these books. And, uh, I've always got uh, Dave Pate, uh, Josh Pate's dad says he's never read a lot of books but he's read a, read a lot of book titles. Well, I've read a lot of book titles and and uh, I'm, I'm I'm reading books too. I've always got some book that I'm reading, maybe two or three around the house at different places that you're reading different books. But Jesus had to, he increased in wisdom. When I think about getting a degree I I'm going through a bunch of my stuff and I've got Stuff by the way, I've stayed by the stuff, and now I'm trying to get rid of some of it. Here's a picture I found in a box and from the 1980s in Houston, Texas, where a guy is uh, there with a uh, graduation gown, he graduated from college. It's called Plastic Diploma. John Robert Dwork, 23 years of age, proudly displays his diploma. Marking his graduation from Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, with a degree of Bachelor of Arts in Frisbee. Officials say Dwork is the first person in the world to receive such a degree printed for him on the face of one of the flying discs. Now, can't you just see his parents? They're beaming. Oh, he didn't graduate from medical school or law school or he's not an engineer. What did he graduate in? Frisbee. I mean, you know, just proud parents. Graduated in Frisbee. Well, at least he got a degree in something. At least he finished it. Sometimes we're dying by degrees, but I I had to share that with you. But, I mean, I have never heard of a fellow getting a college degree in Frisbee. Now I've watched national championships and world championships in Frisbee. They come to Rock Hill, South Carolina. And I've been over there a few times to watch those fellows and, and, and ladies that do the Frisbee and the world championships in Frisbee, but uh, not ever a degree in it. So finish classes or whatever you need to do. Uh, and it says he increased in Wisdom. Then he increased not only in wisdom, he increased in stature. We would say physical growth. He grew up. Jesus grew up. He is, 12 years of age. We know about him. And between the time he was 12 and 30, he, he grew up. But maybe we could say in our new year, what are we going to do about some goals physically that would honor God? It said in that verse in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8 that, Bodily exercise profit little, maybe some goals in the area of, of uh, exercise. most of us have exercise bikes and we hang our clothes on them at night that 's what we do. They make a very good place to hang clothes at night uh, we've bought our people we bought uh, uh, you know some machines for exercise, and we hardly ever use it. Uh, you can sell them cheap most of the time, but we set some, set some goals. Uh, I like to walk, and um, by the way, walking is a good time for memorizing Scripture. Walking is a good time for memorizing God's Word. Maybe a a desire to eat healthy this new year. Uh, How many of you, uh, this is just a a good question to ask in Columbus, North Carolina, how many of you tomorrow are going to have collards and black-eyed peas? Any of you? Yeah, okay, I see some hands waving there. We'll eat collards and black-eyed peas on the first of the year. I told Linda that when we first got married, went out and bought me some collards, and she said she wasn't going to cook them because they'll stink up the house and uh, and some black-eyed peas, and why do you say you do it? And I said, because we've, we've done it every year. We've always done it. We, we don't, I don't like to do things by tradition, but anyway, we always have a tradition uh, of eating uh, collards and uh, or some kind of greens and black-eyed peas. It's supposed to represent pennies and dollars, but it hasn't worked yet. <laughs> it hasn't hasn't worked yet. But a, de- a decision to say maybe we're going to eat healthy now or run a 5K. I, when my wife passed away, uh, I was uh, 60 years of age, and so all of us, my kids and, and I, decided that we would We'd run a 5K, kind of in her honor. And so um, we did that in uh, Irmo, South Carolina, and uh, it kind of inspired my two of my children. And they went on and ran half marathons and marathons and things like that. I, I, uh, I watched them run marathons. I didn't run anywhere close to marathon, but at least we set some kind of a goal. We set a goal, and we went after it. Third area that I want to discuss is the last one. He increased, here he is, God in unique God-man, and he increased in favor with man. So we could say he grew socially. There are a lot of us that need to do better at that area this new year. We have become a, a nation where People uh, in, in big neighborhoods, they drive into their, they hit their garage door opener, they drive into their garage, they stay in that house, have security fences all the way around the outside of the house. They never hardly know their neighbors. They never contact them about anything. And basically, they don't want to be disturbed at all. There are no solicitation signs, means you don't come to my house, I won't come to your house, we're going to stay here in the house. And as Christians, you and I ought to be growing in this area of favor with man like Jesus did. We need to get to know our neighbors. Um, we need to practice hospitality. The word hospitality in the scriptures, New Testament, means literally a lover of strangers. A lover of strangers. I, um, this year, we moved into a new house. And so... Our neighbor's on one side, a a man 32 years of age, has liver cancer. He works, uh, still working so far, holding out and working on the computer at home. And uh, his mom lives there with him. And so we have taken meals over. We invite them to come this year for, uh, for Christmas. And she had the flu and we took. Plates over. They haven't been in our home yet, but we're working on it. The Neighbors on the other side, uh, pretty rough crowd, and uh, we've taken cookies and watermelon and stuff like that to them. Uh, they have yet to come into our house, even at invitations, but uh, we're working on it. And uh, I want to build some bridges so that I can get to the bridge of the gospel with them. I want to. We're letting them know we're praying for them, and we send text to them when they have health issues and are praying. Several years ago, I pastor in Irmo. Uh, there was a guy he had a tree service, and um, a successful tree service. And uh, he would invite people on a regular basis to his home from our church, and helped us really to grow the church as it, as it began to grow because he was inviting people all the time and visitors for the first time would come to, the, to this house. And I remember him coming to me and he said, one of the ladies that went to a Bible college said this to me, Pastor, I think you need to know it. Because she came through the door and there were about seven or eight other people coming through the door of this guy's house. He did not go to a Bible college. But she said to him, oh, I am so glad you invited so-and-so they went to the same school that I went to. And I, if, if you hadn't invited them, I don't know what we would have talked about or what I, who I would have talked to. And he said, that concerned me because as a Christian, we ought to be able to walk into situations and be able to meet new people and invite new people and show love to new people and accept new people and not form cliques. Jesus increased in favor with man. You and I ought to enjoy fellowship. I enjoy fellowship with people who went to Bible college with me or went to the undergrad school of Clemson and civil engineering. I have some friends of mine that still contact me. I still contact a few folks from high school where I graduated from 54 years ago. But my closest friends are the Christians I know. Closest friends, And I've, we're so thankful for some friendships we've developed here at Crossroads that mean more than you and I, you will ever know. Some very close friendships we're developing here as well. But I need to make sure that my only friendships are not these people. I ought to be reaching out, trying to meet some other people, our neighbors and friends and coworkers and schoolmates for people in school. I'll say something about that because it was something that came up very often in our home. We made a decision to homeschool our children. We homeschooled for 22 years. Uh, Y'all pray for us. 22 years we homeschooled. But I pastored a lot of homeschool people, and then we would have an event where we said, now bring all your unsaved friends. And they would say to me, Pastor, I don't know anybody that's unsaved. So the, the thing that we try to do, and my, my kids, and we didn't do everything right, I can tell you that, but we, we try to do this, is they played on ball teams, and they played in South Carolina Youth Philharmonics, and they, all kinds of people that they got to meet. And when we said, invite somebody to an event, they had some people to invite. They had some other people to invite. So in this new year, I'm not talking, we're, we're to be in the world but not of the world. We're, we're supposed to practice not just isolation or we're insulation, but not isolation. And what we're, to, what we're to do is, no, don't. We're not going around those folks so they can influence us, but we're there to influence them for Jesus. And we need to build some friendships here. Jesus increased in favor with man, and in favor with man. And lastly, he. Increased in favor with God. He's God in the flesh. Here he is, God in the flesh, and it says of him in Luke 2.52 that he increased in favor with God, in favor with God. How can you and I increase in our relationship with God in this new year? The Bible tells us that we're to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says of young Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You and I need to set some goals and, and developing, and one of them is this Bible reading schedule that Pastor, Capel mentions several times the last couple of Sundays. Let me encourage you about that to to read God's Word. Maybe you you, want to set a goal to read the whole Bible. We've done that several times. Sometimes, as he mentioned today, maybe the New Testament this year, or maybe New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs this year. But take a Bible reading schedule. Let me encourage you about that, about reading God's Word. A little song we sang with kids in Sunday school, Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. And you said, well, that's only for children. No, it's for adults, too. It's for adults. You read your Bible and pray, and you will grow as well. We need to set goals to hear God's Word. Uh, Pastor Capel mentioned about uh, apps on your phone. I like Alexander Scorby reading the Scriptures. I like to hear him read the Scriptures as I'm as I'm looking at my, at my Bible, uh, we hear the Word. We read the Word and set goals to do that. We study the Word. That means I'm going to have a pen and a piece of paper or i going to make some notes, uh, and I'm going to look at cross-references. And the notes at the bottom are not inspired of God, but sometimes help us in a good uh, study Bible. I'm going to be studying God's Word. I'm more than just reading it. I, l- I don't mind people using an electronic form of the Bible. I've, I've, I, as long as people have come out with that, I've not said, well, you're, you're something's wrong with you if you've got the Bible just on your phone. But one of the things that concerns me about is sometimes people are not looking at other Bible verses. They're not referencing anything. They're not underlining anything. Some apps have ability to be able to do that. But I, I just like the old Word of God. That's what I do. I like it. I like just the old Word of God. And then memorizing Scripture. Uh, as I was going through that box of, of things this week, and I've got lots of boxes to go through. That's the goal that we've got over the next couple of weeks. I found boxes of, of, of Bible verse cards that I had memorized. I used to have a program where I would, would review those uh, verses every so often. These have got, some of these have gotten into boxes and I hadn't reviewed them in a long time. And so I want to go back and not only learn some new verses... But go back and review some of the old ones. The Bible tells us, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, verses 9 11. And then meditating on God's word. That's where we're mulling it over where until that Bible passage is affecting our life. Now that riding along in the car, we, we do a lot of that. We ride in the car and the riding time can be growing time. Driving time can be growing time. So mulling over Scripture or listening to the Word of God or listening to a sermon or the other day we heard several songs by Al Smith and he was giving hymn histories of those songs. We, we learned something from that. Acts chapter 17 verse 11 says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. It says they searched the scriptures daily to see whether it was so. And so we spend time in God's word and the new year set a goal to do So you say, well, preacher, did you know that Matthew is the most read book in the New Testament? You know why? Because people start their New Testament Bible reading schedule in January. They start reading Matthew and then they quit. And then they start back the next January in Matthew again. And they read Matthew over and over and over again. And they never get anywhere with it. If you say, well, I'm, I missed a couple of days. Don't beat yourself up about it. Get back in God's word. Get back in the book. If you miss some days, get back with it. Hear it, read it, study it, memorize it, and meditate upon it. And then... Ask God to help increase your prayer life this year. I've asked God to do that in my own life. Do you use a prayer list? Do you write things down? Do you use a prayer list and maybe even write down when God answers the prayer and write down uh, the time, a date beside that? So we increase in the word, increase in prayer, increase in our fellowship one with another. That is one of the things that COVID has hurt us in. We have now decided we can watch something online instead of being with God's people and we miss what God intended. We're not exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching if we're sitting in our living room in our pajamas eating donuts while we're trying to watch a service. We need to be here when we can. Be right here when we can. Set a goal about that as well. Still growing? For Jesus between twelve and thirty, it says he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Still growing at my age? If not, why not? That's about for. Father, thank you as we finish another year. Thank you for the goodness, mercy, and faithfulness of our God. And I pray that, Lord, thanking you've given us the grace to be able to do everything you've asked us to do. And I pray that, Lord, you'd help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus in this new year. Help us to increase in wisdom, stature and in favor with God and man, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.